Welcome to the Global Connection, a Tel Aviv University podcast. Journey with us as we discover how TAU's academic community and friends are engaging with and helping to shape this ever-changing world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Global Connection. I'm your host, Dr. Anna Sajeki. I am very excited to welcome two students from the International MA Program in Conflict Resolution and Mediation here at Tel Aviv University. Sean Sivian is a graduate student originally from Canada who completed his bachelor's in political science and government as well as business there. Um, and he's currently also working as an associate here in Israel for Hafla Venture. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And Daniel Canoza uh, is, is also a graduate student here at TAU, originally from Colombia. He is a fellow um, of the Erwin Kotler Institute for Democracy, Human Rights, and Justice here as well. Uh, he holds a bachelor's degree in international relations, has interned at the Embassy of Colombia in Portugal, and is currently a project manager with TAU's Blavatnik Interdisciplinary Cyber Research Center. Welcome. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you for having me here. You're welcome. Um, yeah, it's great to have you both here today. Um, I thought I would begin slightly different, but related. So you took political science and government. Um, you took international relations. Um, so can you talk a little bit about where your interests in these areas sort of came from? Mm-hmm. Do you want to go first? Or sure. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I think political science is always something that kind of interested me. Um, it's always something I gravitate towards. I always gravitate towards uh, people and how they interact within a society um, and really how uh, we all come together and kind of live our lives. And um, that kind of fell down a whole rabbit hole of like human rights and wanting to connect with people and just for my own personal interests. I'm a very personal guy. I really like talking to people. I really like communicating. And so that kind of felt like coming here kind of felt like a very natural step in that regard, also because I'm Jewish and I'm Israeli. Um, my mother was born here in Tel Aviv. Um, so it kind of felt like it just felt very natural to me to come here and continue like learning about um, conflict resolution and mediation, especially like in a place like Israel. Okay. Okay. So it was a completely natural progression to mm-hmm. from your bachelor's to doing the the MA here in conflict resolution. And yeah, mediation. absolutely. And Daniel, what about you? Can you talk about your journey a little bit, your interests in inter, uh, international relations, how you got here? Yeah, sure. So, well, before Israel, I was living like already in different countries. Like uh, so far, I think this is my eighth country in the list. And uh, believe me, Israel is like different from everything that I experienced before. Of course, all of them have their uh, differences. But then how, why I thought like it was a good idea to join this program in conflict resolution, why I thought it was a good idea to join the Irwin Scott Lab Program Institute. Um, well, I was raised in a household like uh, all uh, my family, they're lawyers. And uh, there is like this, um, like wanted to seek for justice for people. I think whenever I was listening to Irwin uh, talking about like how important mm-hmm. it was to find, to make all the people's lives better and to contribute in that uh, sense of like justice and democracy and human rights, I thought like it made a lot of sense. And I think it does. Uh, and I think both of those programs uh, help each other and uh, yeah, contribute. Uh, to my personal uh, uh, 
um, development. Okay. So you've lived in eight countries yes. before? Do you mind me? Do you know them off by heart? Can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I can go over all of them. So, well, first of all, like I'm Colombian, but I'm also Spanish. So okay. after I was born in Colombia, we moved to Spain. Eventually we came back to Colombia. Uh, then I moved to New Zealand for some months and then Australia. I went to Portugal to do my internships. I was living for almost two years in Austria as well. Uh, so I lived in Vienna where I was doing a master in social anthropology. Uh, then Italy for some time. Now I'm coming back to Italy, to Bologna, to study at uh, uh, Johns Hopkins. Okay. And now here in Israel. Okay. So you're, are, you're doing the dual degree with John John Johns Hopkins in Bologna. It's between TAU and John Johns right, Hopkins. Right, okay. collaborative degree. Okay. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Um, so Sean, I, I feel like uh, with your your mom being Israeli, it makes sense for you um, to have chosen a program here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested a little bit, Daniel. What what brought you to TAU specifically? So this program, it's great, and not just that. Indoors, we learn very well from like some of the greatest professors about like conflict resolution and negotiation. But also once we go outdoors, we face what like conflict is like. And I'm not saying I haven't faced it before. I'm coming from a context that also is not isolated specifically like from conflict mm -hmm. or all the opposite. But then I'm contrasting two very different um, um, kind of conflicts, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the program at the Tel Aviv University, whenever I was looking up for like different programs, and I thought I had the already the experience in <laughs> Europe, and I was like, this is my first time here in the Middle East. And I thought it was a great way how to start my experience uh, here in this part of the world. Okay, okay. Um, so how are you both finding it so far, the program? Uh, the program has been very interesting, to say the least. It's got, I definitely think it's had its uh, highs and lows. But with that being said, I think the ability, as Daniel mentioned, being able to be taught by certain professors here and then leaving the classroom and just being then walking around the city and then being actually to explore the country itself is a completely different experience and definitely it's not something I could have gotten back in Canada. Okay. Okay. Do you find that too, Daniel? Like, are you, while you're studying and working in Israel, are you thinking about yourself as a Colombian, but yourself also as sort of a, it sounds like you're very much a global citizen as well. Um, I have to say, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Go I ahead. have to say like, uh, there's been like in different countries where I felt like more like my identity and I felt like part of, not of the group, but like just completely like part of the out group. Here in Israel, I think I do like have like a very different experience about that. Like um, I guess because of my features, I guess because of like this is a country that is mostly also like, um, you know, from immigrants, like people that's been coming from many places around the world, including Colombia as well. Mm -hmm. So whenever like people sees me, like they don't even assume that I'm a foreigner, even if I don't speak English, but just like, you know, a potential Israeli. Probably that I'm Jewish, and that's the reason why mm -hmm. I'm here, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then once, for example, in the institute, I was having a conversation with some of, uh, new colleagues that came and joined for like the cyber week we having. We need more people, and then these two girls asked me, "So what brought you to Israel?" And I was like, "Okay, well, in a nutshell, what brought me here is conflict, right?" 
which is not that I came here to take pictures of the conflict. I came here to learn about conflict and because I want to change, I want to contribute in changing this specific con uh, conflict. I don't know, but I want to work on this and I want to work, hopefully, back home in resolving conflict, in mm -hmm. joining peace negotiations and stuff. So, so I guess for them it was kind of uh, uh, upsetting or disappointing of like hearing, oh, the only interest you had in our country is like conflict. Uh, so of course, when I was telling them, yes, I'm not Jewish, then like for them I was like, okay, that's very different now, like the way like we see you. And then of course this part of like, uh, are you gonna come back home? And it's like, yes, I'm gonna come back home. Isn't it dangerous there? And then it's always like, well, it is, it is, of course. But is that the absolute truth? Is that something subjective? Is that something like an imagine, like an idea that you have in your head that can be very different from reality? Uh, mostly it is. And I told them whenever I'm back home, whenever I'm in that dangerous country, that people really believes this is a very dangerous country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the lived experience, I think, of living in a place where there's conflict is very different from the way the images we see in media, the, the way that sort of internationally we, we, um, we come to understand what that conflict is. And so you feel that way about Colombia then, the way that Colombia is sort of portrayed to the world versus what it means for it to be home and to go back home. Yeah. Yeah. Reality is very subjective uh, also. That's something like that we, I think we've been learning here in this program. Uh, subjectivity is like a very big, big topic. 100%. And something that really like, like we should be focusing more on uh, how our realities are not the absolute truth, but mm -hmm. most of the time, we are correct. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's not that everyone shares the same reality. Right, yeah. right. So there, there are multiple subjective uh, realities out there. And just because one's different from the other doesn't mm -hmm. make one right and one wrong. Yeah, correct. everyone can be right and everyone can be wrong at the same time. And that doesn't conflict. And that doesn't, then <clears throat> that makes sense. Okay, super interesting. So this is part of what you're learning in the conflict resolution and mediation program? Then? Yeah. Big part of it. Big part of it, 100%. Okay. We, basi we basically learn um, just not only about different kinds of conflicts and how they come up, but also how people actually perceive those conflicts. You know, like the idea of some people go and some people enter a conflict thinking that they are in the right, other people in the conflict that think that they were right or that they were wronged, and that's why they need to do anything. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, it, sometimes the answer could be maybe you both were wronged and you both are in the right in your own heads. And how do we, and then the, now the question is, how do we get past that? Right. What's the next steps to actually like solving this? Yeah. I, I think it's interesting that the title of the program is conflict resolution and mediation. And so conflict resolution and mediation are two different concepts, right? The way that they're portrayed in the title anyway. So mm -hmm. can you talk about how the two sort of come together? I would say mediation is a form of conflict resolution. Yeah, um, like it's an option between two conflicting parties. You want to even as something as small as family members squabbling to countries in war. Mediation is a way to help resolve the conflict, getting a third party involved, trying to find the best solution where everyone wins or everyone loses, but something to get resolved. Um, but there are many ways to resolve a conflict. And unfortunately, one of them is aside winning that conflict. Yeah. 
um, this idea that um, history is like written by the victors is 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 a, is, a, is a reality and um, some and they and so just what I would say we learned is we don't learn a necessarily a specific thing that is right, mm-hmm. but rather these are things that have been done now as individuals think critically about how to best apply them to different situations, because. The unfortunate reality is all like methods of conflict resolution have either worked or not worked, um, but they they can they can be done. They're hypothetically in option. Okay, okay. So you're looking at a lot of different case studies mm-hmm. then, and and saying this is this is the approach that was taken. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. Mm-hmm. I I wanted to build on that also. Uh, so how how our program? So we are part of the international program. Right, mm-hmm. mostly uh, internationals. There is just one girl that is like fully and only Israeli, and the rest of us are not. Then there is a program that is uh, in Hebrew for Israelis. The way the university like sells or promotes the the two programs is different. For example, the name, while for us is like conflict uh, mediation and resolution, for the Hebrew program is conflict management. And that says a lot about like what's happening here, what's the reality. And a way to illustrate this as well uh, deeper is whenever people is asking me, well, afterwards, where are you from? And all this conversation. Uh, so what are you doing here? I'm studying. I'm an MA master student at Tel Aviv University. And I'm in this com- uh, conflict resolution and mediation program. Do people automatically assume that it's politically related because conflict resolution can be anything between, you know, conflict in a family, conflict in a company. Um, it doesn't necessarily, I'm assuming the program is politically based. Yeah. But I would um, say that people's most instincts, when you tell them specifically like Israel and then conflict resolution, they immediately turn towards pol- I could have studied this in Canada. There's a reason why st- you want to yeah. study conflict resolution. I think it's beneficial to go to a place where there's conflict so you can study it. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. something to be said about one, studying it, for instance, in Canada and having your professors who are all very highly educated people but ne- may not necessarily have real life experience or something along those lines. And then coming to Tel Aviv and then having a class on international law where that lawyer is um, Daniel Reisner. He was, the, um, he was the head lawyer for the IDF and he was a personal lawyer for like the past five um, Israeli prime ministers. Being able to just like be in a room with him for like an entire semester and then um, forget like necessarily political opinions on whether you think what he did was right or wrong. Just being able to sit in the room with him and then hear how he speaks, how he thinks, how he got to the place he's at, how he made the decisions that he's made. To me, I find so incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. I think it's it, it can't be undone. Like, even if you had to necessarily even even hypothetically, if you met the worst storybook villain of all time, being able to sit down and actually think about why they do the things that they do. How they how how their mind works, how their thought process got them from A to B to C, I think is so incredibly valuable, and it's just not something I felt like I could have gotten anywhere else. Okay, okay. Did you want to add to that? Yeah, sure. I guess personally, also with this uh, Colombian background, um, back in two thousand sixteen, when I was uh, doing my, my undergrad, I remember like the peace agreement was reached and it was signed with this big guerrilla, this intractable conflict that we always saw, you know, like it's just part of like the landscape here. Like the, this is like the reality. This is here to stay. Um, so how do we deal with this? After we reached this agreement and we saw so many men and women put down their weapons 
and be part of like the politics, change like the bullets for words mm-hmm. and contributing con- in building all together a country. My own understanding like changed uh, yeah. radically. Like I, I, I started believing that it was possible. And whenever like people is laughing, I understand I, it's not the same experience that they're having yeah. most of yeah. the time. So how do I do just to transfer like my own experience to them? I can tell them, but I cannot make them completely understand what it means also for me and how I see it is possible. So you've seen a lot of change in Colombia. Um, I, I actually have a friend from Bogota and I remember her talking about uh, she might be a little bit older than you, but like back in the early 90s, there were car bombings going off under, you know, during the time of Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. And and so can you talk a little bit about that that journey from that time and that that space of political um, instability to to sort of the can you describe Colombia today? Right. So a lot of what we hear from, you know, back at the university, our professors, family and so on, is like those stories, cars just exploding in the city very randomly, very similar to what was happening here in the Antifadas, right? Like just bombings whenever like people didn't know what was going to happen, right? People were just putting tapes on the windows because could be just next to you one day. Uh, that I think generated like a big trauma as well uh, in society. Like people is affected by these like uh, past events. Uh, I think nowadays Colombia has changed a lot. Conflict has moved to like peripheral areas. Urban areas are pretty much safe, or at least in, like uh, the danger has transformed. It's a different one, you know, like. You go to parties, you can get your phone stolen as well. Mm-hmm. That can happen in Bogota as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not the same kind of conflict. Uh, now, that's not the reality for the rest of the country. And it is complicated geographically. Colombia, it's a complicated country, but rich in nature and stuff. We have rainforests and so on. If you see it from a picture, it looks wonderful and a great touristic destination. If you see it from a military perspective, that's a very complicated field where to fight a war, right? Yeah, we, we, we see it. We see it with the U.S. also in Vietnam. <laughs> it's part of like the jungle makes it difficult. The mountains make it difficult. All this, it's a challenge. How do you combat all this? Right. And then how do you combat uh, something like drugs that like put so much money into like these illegal groups keep fighting against the government, Uh, especially when there is such a great demand from rich nations for a product? It's not about Colombia. It could be like any place. But Colombia has does, you know, has a very great soil where to build this. It had a very weak state in the past that couldn't, you know, prevent and combat them back. Now it changed, it transformed. And we see how all this dynamic is moving and moving in different parts of the world. Demand keeps there, keeps increasing even. Uh, but, but yeah, that's pretty much like Colombia at the moment. Uh, we have a president, which is the first president in our, in our modern democratic story uh, from the left. Uh, he's involved, he has a great idea of like a total peace, what he calls. He wants to involve all uh, 
criminal organizations and all guerrillas, paramilitaries, and so on. Uh, and while he's trying, it's a really big challenge. Uh, negotiations are ongoing. I want eventually to join them, be part of them. Hope so. But mm -hmm. but yeah, still a long, long way to go. And I think that people has to be like patient. That's always part of the issue. Okay. Okay. The patience, realizing that it's not an overnight change that's going to happen, but it's a lot of negotiation and there's a lot that goes into it. Right. Um, Sean, when I, so I'm Canadian too. And when I, when I think of Canada globally, you know, we're thought of as a pretty peaceful country. Um, but I, I would say one of our biggest challenges in terms of conflict resolution is related to indigenous relations. Um, and that is a very, very complicated issue. Um, so are you ever thinking about um, the conflicts happening in Canada um, and, and the knowledge you're gaining here and, and how maybe that, um, yeah. you know, might might help in oh. Canada? Oh, absolutely. I, I draw parallels uh, very frequently. It's actually something we talk about pretty often. It's um, it's terrible, uh, objectively speaking. Um, it, it's kind of like it's it, it spoken about a lot how uh, internationally we put on one side, but we always put up a front. But you know, domestically, there's a lot of issues uh, that we like to, you know, cover up uh, behind, you know, hockey and uh, and just being and politeness. Right. And um, 100 percent, I think the skills being taught here can be brought back. Um, I think that they're they're slightly different, but they're also. Human rights are human rights. And when there's violations, there's violations. And and at the end of the day, if there are violations, um you can apply what you learn to try and help solve those. Every every situation may be slightly different um, in context, but there's there's clear steps that can be done to improve, I think. And I think if and if there's one thing I think I could take away from this is just the critical thinking skills being taught to just analyze a situation appropriately and then try to, you know, figure out best solutions or at least take the proper steps to achieve those uh, solutions. Okay. Okay. Um, so Daniel, you've mentioned that ideally you would love to go back to Colombia and work in some capacity in conflict resolution. Sean, are you thinking about your next steps after the program? Mm -hmm. So what I currently do right now is I work at a, a venture called Khafla, where it kind of focuses on scaling um, and growing um, the Middle East region, Minat region, and, uh, through tech startups. So combining uh, different tech startups that are focused, that are based in Minat, and connecting them with um, Israeli experts and mentors and helping them scale and grow. Okay, okay. So you're really liking your work right now and you're, you're thinking you'd like to continue with that in the region. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Um, well, thank you both of you for such a fascinating, interesting conversation. Um, it always makes me hopeful to see such intelligent people working on these complicated issues. And so I wish you luck with the rest of your studies and... Uh, your time at Tel Aviv University. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It was thank a great you time. So much. Yeah, really. It was yeah. fun. <laughs> All right.